You are listening to Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community. Telephone number for text message contributions or voicemails or you just want to get in touch. 1240-681-9869. 1240-681-9869. Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-6 at gmail.com. Follow on Facebook, Twitter, comment below on YouTube. Consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. I appreciate the support. Do you guys remember, um, and I don't exactly remember where in the chart I published the episode, but I think it was last November. Um but actually not really last November. No, I don't know when it was published, but do you remember an episode where we sat down with a pigeon expert and we had a about an hour conversation. I think it was called Pigeons, Everything I Wanted to Know. Well, it gives me a great sense of inspiration and pleasure to tell you that in this episode, we're going to sit down with Zachary Hertz, um, who does a lot of things. One of them is that he has a parrot. And so basically this episode is parrots, everything I wanted to know. Um, he also has a, runs a navigation, uh, some sort of a navigation app, some sort of a navigation company that I don't know much about, only only because I'm more concerned with his parrot. But if I was more concerned with what with with his company, I would know more about his navigation app. So I will put that link in the description. It's very, very interesting. And he's had a very interesting life. Um, actually, I want to get him back here on the podcast, mostly to just keep talking about Paris, but also for him to talk about his life, his various health issues that he's been through, and the different companies and projects that he's working on. So he does a lot. It's really, really interesting. So if you've wanted to know stuff about parrots, this is the episode. Parrots, everything I wanted to know. Recorded on the 26th of August. Um, Right here, of course, at Aaron's Opinion. As I say, recorded on the 26th of August, 1800 New York. All right, then. You could be listening to this episode really anytime. Of course, when this airs, the official release date for this episode is, is of course, today, uh, the 20th of January, 2022. So you aren't listening to this before then. But now it's January 2022. You could be listening anytime morning, afternoon, or the middle of the night from anywhere in the world. So we really appreciate the support. But either way, on the radio side, uh, it's Thursday. It's 12 o'clock. It's time for Aaron's Opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Thank you for joining me today. Um, so, you know, I came across your profile and I, I actually confess, I have a bit of a confession, which is that I came across your profile and noticed a lot of what you were saying uh, because of our shared interest in parrots. Um, now, <clears throat> I am someone, I'm just going to go kind of dive right into the meat of it. And then, of course, you can take the conversation any direction you would like. I'm someone who could not have a parrot right now. I live with my parents and brother. 
my parents, um, my parents are, are people who do not believe in parrots as pets, um, but I'm someone who's been researching parrots for 15 years. A, an acquaintance of mine has a galah. And um, so basically what I would like to learn from you is num number one, and I know we could not possibly tell me in an hour conversation, but if you could, how did you get into parrots? Um, tell me about your experience keeping parrots from a blindness perspective. And then the other thing that really stood out to me is that you have a dream of opening a sanctuary for parrots with disabilities. And I believe you have a Red Lord, Mexican Red Crown, Amazon, Red Lord, Amazon. And uh, what do you think about all of that? What can you tell me? Uh, yeah, so my first parrot experience was about age seven. Um, my dad had asked me what kind of pet I wanted back in the day, and I had a really awesome uh, father. And uh, <laughs> the reason I got a parrot is because he got me a boa constrictor, and uh, the boa constrictor escaped one day, and it I woke up with a raptor on my neck. It wasn't trying to kill me, but it was terrifying. Wow. So um, <laughs> needless to say, Sammy the Hagar, the snake, went back to the pet store, and I got a Quaker parrot. And um, he was a cool, I, we named him Petey. He was a cool dude. Uh, had him for about a year. And then he ended up passing away to an underlying medical condition because the pet store didn't either, didn't either know or they didn't tell us. Um, and so that was my first experience with parrots. And then when I was, um, oh, okay. so when I was um, around 10, uh, back in uh, 2000, I got a, my dad was like, hey, you know, I know you're like parrots. Do you want to try to get another one? Because he thought I was responsible enough to kind of go into being responsible enough for a parrot. And I'd had a couple puppies and I like dogs. Dogs are great. And, but I kept talking about parrots. I kept like reading stuff about parrots, getting books in Braille. There's very few Braille books with parrots in them, but I've read every single one of them. And I kept looking on Animal Planet for documentaries and all that. And this is back before streaming services. So if I heard that something was coming up with parrots, I would wait at the TV. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a millennial, this, man. This, uh, this sounds like me for some reason. I think we have a lot in common. This sounds yeah. vaguely familiar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, he started calling around to breeders in Washington. I live in Washington State. Right. And, um, you know, we're a relatively middle class family. Um, so we couldn't afford too much of a high expensive or high end expensive parrot. So uh, he was trying to figure out some way to get a parrot at a lower cost and he told the breeder that I was a blind uh, a blind 10 year old and I really wanted this parrot and she's like well I don't have anything right now uh, but I'll let you know when we get a new uh, batch of hatchlings coming in she goes I have some eggs that are incubating I'm gonna I'll, I'll let you know what happens with them and a month goes by and she calls my dad while I was at school one day and she says hey I need you to bring your son over um there was an accident this morning with one of our Red Lord Amazons and the incubator caused him to lose his right foot. There's um, uh, inside the incubator, there's like egg rollers that spin the eggs to keep them um, evenly heated. So he, uh, the egg roller, when he was born, crushed it and amputated his foot. And luckily they were able to, to you know, save him and keep him healthy and all that. But so she's like, I'm going to I've just been feeding this parrot. I haven't really engaged with it. I want your son to come over and I want him to hold the bird and interact with it and spend about four hours tonight with it and then come back every day as much as possible to spend time with him and to get the bird to imprint on him so that the bird will 
feel like he is a uh, like a mother figure or like a, a a friend and whatever the bird emotionally feels like i guess i don't you know i'm, I'm not a scientist so i don't know if they see it as an emotional or as a mother figure but uh definitely a friend um so that happened every day after school i would go over and hand feed the bird i'd snuggle with them and i'd hold them in my uh, you know hold them i was 10 so my hands were fairly small and I'd hold him in my hands and he had no feathers. He was like a little fluffy, kind of bald, weird feeling little parrot, like kind of like a lizard or a reptile in some respects. Yeah, but, like a little uh, alien kind of. Yeah, for sure. And his little beak was bigger than his head. And like he was just adorable. And you have to force feed him with a syringe every couple hours to give him formula. And so um, the bond took, uh, he, I, I could tell him from any other parrot just by his noises, like he was in an incubator with other babies. And I could tell any time that he uh, made a noise, I knew it was him. And also, you know, ha- him having one foot made it a little easier for identification from a blind perspective. But right. Uh, and then when he, so he can only be out of the incubator for like 20 minutes at a time and I had to put him back to keep him warm. And so while that was going on, I was helping raise other baby parrots and that kind of or not kind of it totally launched me into a new like realm of, oh, this is how you take care of a parrot. And these are the different kind of breeds and these are the things that you need to do for each species or each type and um when I wasn't taking care of my bird my bird's name's Oreo I haven't said that yet but uh I named him Oreo because when you're 10 names are kind of weird and my dad didn't question it he's like okay you want to name him Oreo that's cool well that's what we'll name him and at the time I named him Oreo because I loved Oreo cookies still do um but for in my head if I loved Oreo cookies I love my parrot just as much as Oreo cookies so the name's transitive yeah, property. I so agree. boom. That's, that's something yeah. that I would have named a bird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. And he, he's like, he's not, he's colorful. He's totally like a rainbow chicken. He's not the colors of Oreo. So it doesn't really make sense from a color perspective, but being blind, it doesn't really matter that it doesn't. So I, uh, I took care of him for two months uh, at the breeder's house. And it's really important to stress that I do not support breeders at this point in my life. Like as an adult, I've seen and like, as a kid, I was kind of oblivious to how she was hand- raising those birds, but as an adult, it was very clear to me, and she even said this to my dad in adult terms that I didn't quite understand as a kid. She goes, if I can't, if you guys don't take this bird, I'm going to euthanize it because it's right. not going to be worth, it's not going to be valuable to me. I can't make profit off of it. And so it's very, it's very common in the industry, and this is with any type of animal breeding. If the, if the animal is disabled, they will kill it yeah. uh, because it's not profitable for them to, to, to feed it, to give it medical treatment, to raise it. So it you know, luckily we were able to step in and rescue him. We didn't pay for him. We adopted him. Right. So we rescued him. And I think, I think we paid for like the formula, but we never paid high amounts for him. Um, and so he came to live with me and that's kind of how I got interested or that's not, that's how I got Oreo. So really, you know, how, I guess, I mean, cause I've had dogs, I've had a tarantula, um, I love snakes. I mean, I love exotic animals. So sure. one of the, and I want, I want your, your honest, I mean, I, I want your opinion because this is an opinion show, but I want to actively learn about this yeah. between now and later on in life when I may or may not have the chance, but at least if I educate myself about it, I'll be better off anyway. Sure. So I've actually been to Parrot Mountain um, and I've been to a <clears throat> sanctuary um, in Washington, DC. Now, uh, oh, nice. ha, have you have you have you been to Parrot Mountain, by the way? I've not. That's in Kentucky, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've um, not been there. I, I I've heard a lot about it though. Well, well worth well worth it. Um, cool. Trust trust me. And how do I know it's well worth it? Because I don't I, I don't have a parrot, but trust me. 
Um, absolutely worth the trip. Um, it's in this quirky little town called uh, called Pigeon Forge. There's not much more to do than go to the Parrot Mountain place. Um, but basically what Parrot Mountain is, is a, a both a zoo for parrots, a sanctuary for parrots, and uh, you guessed it, a breed, a breeding facility for parrots. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's very, very, very controversial because, you know, you can buy a baby bird there and a lot. And the, the thing that's very scary is that people are not, that are not us, are not doing their research and are getting these birds. And then they end up giving them back to the sanctuary place. And it's just a very controversial thing. So, yeah. you know, so I had been at, so even though my, my father does not agree with birds, I had been asking him for months. Um, so I, I don't like to say it on the air because I don't like to make the audience sad, but something sad happened last summer. So, you know, my father's like, well, Aaron, if, if you really want to go out to this place, we can kind of take a trip out there for something to do. So we went out there and we took this trip and, you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't agree with birds, but, you know, he thought it was cool and all of that. And then we went for my birthday, we went to this other place in Washington, D.C. that is just a sanctuary. And it's run by a man who believes that basically every time you keep a, a bird, a parrot as a pet, it's wrong and that it's you're keeping a wild animal and that it's just completely not, not acceptable. So what is, I mean, obviously, you know, whether you realize it or not, Zachary, you have some bias, but what's, and it's impossible to tell the complete truth, but what's the truth about it? Is it, is it truly wrong or is it, does it all depend? What do you think? Uh, I, so here's how I, this is the way that I look at it. Um, I never encourage people to go buy a parrot. Right. Uh, from a breeder uh, adopt don't buy rescue uh, always rescue if you can uh, I don't think it's wrong okay I guess the better way to lay this argument out is here's where it's wrong if you're actively going out to the wild and you're capturing these birds and you are encouraging deforestation and you're encouraging human uh, humanity moving in on their habitat that's where I have a problem with it yeah um, and I don't <clears throat> I don't support breeders bringing more into the world um, but I also feel like population control should be something that is looked at as you know it shouldn't be controlled by profit uh so if you w truly want a bird and there's tons of birds out there to rescue so you brought up a good point a, a lot of parrots get rehomed um i saw a statistic uh in a article saying that parrots get rehomed like seven times in their lifetime because they're long-lived depending mm -hmm. on what species of parrot you have um, so mine for example oreo he's a red lord amazon and amazons are one of the years, most long 70 years 80 years yeah easily. for sure yeah. so like 70 uh 75 70 70 to 80 years if they're in good health um and that's you know most humans don't live that long uh so that means that when you have a bird you know you're gonna it's gonna have to either go to one of your relatives who's a younger relative or it has to go to a parrot sanctuary who's going to keep providing it a home or try to adopt it out to somebody else and then that person might get the bird and realize well this bird doesn't like me or this bird is aggressive because it's grieving or because they get really loyal they're bonded um you know they have different levels of bonding but if they lose someone important they're grieving just like we do when we lose the loved one and when you try to force someone new onto them right away or you try to put them in an environment that's totally different from what they're used to they go they go haywire um, but, you know, back to the, the whether or not you should buy a parrot, I, I actively encourage people not to seek a breeding, a parrot, a breeder who's selling parrots. Like I said, if you truly want that bird, go and rescue one, go adopt one. But please, please do your research before you do it. Don't just go. It's, it's one thing to go and buy a puppy 
because we all we've all been taught how to raise a puppy whether you believe it or like whether you realize it or not from tv shows from movies from just common sense stuff we've all been kind of taught how to raise a, a cat or a dog but parrots are totally different their dynamic is completely different um they need constant attention they're flock animals and if you don't have other parrots you're responsible for providing all that care to them, for, for providing them all the enrichment. They have the mind of a five to seven-year-old, depending on which scientific article you read. And they're very active. Mine's currently sitting on my on his cage right now uh, because he sees the headphones on and he knows that when the headphones are on, I'm, I'm talking uh, and he he will play with the headphones and he gets in trouble for that <laughs> because he like he tries to destroy them because I'm not paying enough attention to him. Um, so when he sees the headphones, he knows that it's not going to be attention time for Oreo, which I try to change that, but he, uh, I went to go grab him for the podcast to bring him up closer so he can make noises. And he, he was like, uh, I don't want to be part of this right now. So, oh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. You, you anticipated that I would, I would have loved that if he would make some Uh, noises. He will. He, uh, so one thing about Oreo that I noticed with him is if I talk for a long time, it's his time to talk. He's got to sh- like, if I'm telling a story, he's got to share his story. Um, when we're on TikTok together, uh, I can, I'll be talking and he'll start chattering away or making noise. And, you know, the, the, the people on TikTok love it, but he, uh, you know, like they have to be enriched. They have to have enrichment. And that means giving them good toys. That means giving them puzzles. It means hiding different treats around their cage to get them to forage. I hide different treats around my room to, for him to forage. Like I have, he gets to hang out on my bed. He's on my shoulder. Like most of the time for him, he's on my shoulder because he's going around the house with me as I do stuff. Um, he uh, he gets showered twice a week. So if I'm, I, I'll take him in the shower with me. I'll let him get uh, water uh, on his feathers because that's good to keep mm-hmm. his health. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's good to keep his he- feathers healthy. Um, and then he also gets misted once a day with a spray bottle or uh, just me flicking water on them from my hands because it, again, a daily misting is what parrots require. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just really intelligent creatures. So if you don't have the time or you don't have the, the will or motivation to do that, then, you know, maybe a dog is better for you because a dog, they need attention, but they don't need constant attention like a parrot. A dog can entertain themselves. And a parrot, if they can't entertain themselves, they get destructive and they get aggressive. And that's where people start getting bit. And that's when a parrot gets rehomed is because people typically can't handle the bite force of a parrot. They can bite through coconuts. They can bite through walnuts. They can take a finger off if it's the right parrot and they're angry enough. And when they bite, it's most of the time when they're biting, it's opening your skin up and causing you to bleed. So if that's one thing that is not talked about a lot when it comes to parrots is they will cause severe injury. Right. So you've been, you've been bitten, I'm, I'm guessing, and almost, so basically if, if someone has a parrot, if I have a parrot, eventually I'm going to get bitten at least one time. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so there was a, so um, <clears throat> I went away to college to get my degree, a uh, bachelor's degree, and I had to leave my bird with my dad, my grandparents for a little bit, because I didn't really know what my situation was going to be. I didn't know where I was going to be living. I didn't know what uh, situation I was going into when I went to live uh, in Washington, because at the time we were living in Missouri. So when I moved to Washington to go back to college, I wasn't real sure what my living situation was going to be. So I left my bird with my dad. And um, when I went back to Missouri after my dad passed away to get Oreo, I, uh, you know, Oreo wasn't real familiar with me. He, he hadn't forgotten me completely, but he wasn't comfortable with me. And I got bit like 
four or five times a day because I'm a big giant thing. I'm making him do things against his will. I'm pulling him out of his cage when he doesn't trust me. I'm bathing him. I'm, you know, giving him medicine and, you know, being, so parrots are very um, visually displayed. So if you're doing something they don't like, they have body language. And if you can't see that, you're going to get bit because they do the, they do their body language. That's the first sign. And then the next thing is, well, you're this big giant thing. I'm going to bite you to get you to listen to me and to put me back or to, to let you do what I want. And so, yeah, I get bit, I got bit, bit quite a bit um, when I had Oreo back for a while. I still get bit today. It's not nearly as bad. He's lessened up on his bite force, but every once in a while, he'll, he'll get me in the right way and he'll, uh, he'll open me up. But at the same time, like their beaks are just super delicate. They're very gentle. When when they're in a loving mood or they're in a, they're in like a play mood, he can like like his beak is so like delicate and dexterous that he can pull a hair, like a, a hair out of my beard without hurting me. Or he can like untie knots with his beak and his beak alone. So it's it's like I have a necklace that's made of paracord, and he'll sit there and untie those. Like I'll put it in different knots for him, and he'll untie it all day long. And he loves it. So when they're truly biting, they're biting because they're upset or they're trying to get something across to you that you're not paying attention to. And it's just learning to, to learn. Uh, it's just learning that parrot's language. Right, right. So how like, yeah, and that's another thing that I've been wondering about, like how visual, I mean, so, you know, in my case, I have some usable vision, but I'm still blind. Like yeah. how, so how visual of a pet is it? How visual is it? How much vision is needed to care? How visual are parrots? I guess is what I'm asking. So just on like their body language, we'll cover that first and then we'll go into a little more uh, like medical care, but um, just on their body language. So when a parrot's happy, their eyes will pin, which is where they like make their eyes big and small and they'll like, they'll expand their um, iris. Or it also, um, each of these signals that I'm going to talk about together mean different things. So his eyes will pin, um, he'll fan out his tail feathers when he's happy, he'll flutter his wings if he's feeling nervous or um, if he's like, sees someone he likes, parrots will dance, they'll like kind of, uh, Oreo doesn't because he's missing his foot, but I've had other parrots in the past and so they'll kind of bob and dance and like do like these really visual displays of like uh, happiness and it's to get you to come over and play with them It's to get you to like be attracted to what they're doing and their feathers are very colorful and they know that their feathers are uh, like gorgeous so they'll fluff up their head feathers um, and they'll spread their wings a little bit and they'll flash their tail at you because their tail has a lot of color on it and you know um, it, some of the things that they do when they're happy they also do when they're upset so you kind of have to learn like okay so their eyes are pinning but their tail isn't spread out so maybe he's angry or he's very very like um uh he's very um making he's very he's like making you aware of his beak like he'll kind of push his beak out and kind of snap at you um so you know from from a visual standpoint you're going to miss some of that but i've also learned that i uh, can hear his feathers. So when he's got his tail fanned out, if I, I can hear him fan out his tail, I can hear him kind of flap his wings or flutter his wings a little bit. And then um, I also pick up on his audio signals. You know, parrots are very vocal and they may not always say, so Oreo doesn't say words. He says, hello. It's the only word he knows. 
or well it's the only word that he'll say he knows quite a few words but he won't say them he just knows that when i say that word it means something um so he will but he has the noises so like when he's happy he makes these like cute little laughing noises and when he's angry it's like a it's like a little dinosaur sitting in your hand it's like you're like okay you're upset right now i get it you're grumpy and uh that's when i kind of carefully calmly slowly put him back on his cage let him kind of get his anger under check so i don't get bit um and then you know like so oreo needs medicine uh he's got some arthritis going on because he's a 21 year old parrot and with him missing his foot he's got some skeletal issues uh with you know his his left side is a little more um, muscular than musculature than um, yeah, I guess muscular is the right word is um, more so than his right, his right leg is atrophied because it's not being used correctly. And so he has some arthritis and he also has a neurological syndrome that um, parrots get when they're in captivity. Like I think it's one third of parrots in captivity get a neurological syndrome. And what it does is it causes their heads to tilt back and they stare up into space. And uh, other pets get this too. It's not just parrots, but parrots, you see it uh, quite a, a lot. Um, so he's on medicine. He's on um, meloxicam, which is a, a, a pain medication. And then he's on gabapentin, which is a, a medicine that's used for nerve stuff. So it's, it helps with, it's supposed to help with his neurological syndrome. Um, and so measuring those up can be a little difficult. Um, you have to learn how to mark your syringes so that you can pull them up from a, a totally blind perspective or a low vision perspective because um, it's like 0.05. It's very small amounts. So you can't measure out like a milliliter. You have to literally use like these one mil syringes and it's like a quarter of a quarter of that one mil syringe. So you have to have a sighted person that initially help you mark the plunger so you can feel where you need to pull the plunger out to to pull up that right amount of meds. Um, and that's just one trick I had to learn. Um, typically when you give medicine to birds, it's a two person operation, whether or not you can see one person has to hold the bird and the other person has to force the syringe into the bird's mouth. Uh, cause they don't, they don't want a syringe in their mouth. They don't want to take the medicine. They're like a child. So you kind of have to get them to open their beak and put the syringe at the back of their, uh, tongue and you have to put, force feed them the medicine, but it, he's after a while, they kind of get used to it. And I reward him very well when he gets his medicine at when, once he's done getting his doses he gets a, a Nutriberry, which is a special treat for a parrot. They're designed for parrots and they have like a little bit of seed and some vitamins and fruit and all the stuff that a parrot likes. So he gets that after medicine and uh, anyone that's looking at getting a parrot, they're really reward incentivized. So if you treat them with food, they're gonna like be your best friend. And then like uh, grooming a parrot. So like they have, uh, you know, they have, a, they have toenails and they have beaks and um getting them to let you trim those can be difficult so um i have trimmed his nails as a from a blind perspective i don't like it so uh every couple months we take a trip to the vet i think it's like every four months we just go to the vet i pay them like 60 bucks and i let them be the bad guy because it's easier to pay them to be the bad guy and have him still ha be happy with me and like me so and uh, they trim up his toes and they give me a discount on that because he's got one foot and they also take a little dremel to his beak to get his beak shortened so a parrot who isn't chewing on stuff a lot their beak will grow out quite a bit much like the teeth of rats if they're not chewing on stuff their beak can get really sharp and grow into their face yeah yeah really really good 
and um yeah how and and then of course at different times of the year oreo acts certain ways based on his based on if he's hormonal too oh, yeah. right yeah, yeah. And, and amazons are, are very well known for being very hormonal right oh yeah or, yep for yeah. sure hormonal and aggressive um so <clears throat> it's typically twice a year so we just went through one of them um it's january to march or april depending on it also kind of depends on where you live to the season um and that's where they're they're ready to mate they're um and male parrots they're they're um they're gonads they're getting bigger they're filling up they're because when they're not hormonal they're at a small size and they're not producing anything well they're producing a small amount so it's not really going to do anything and then when the hormonal season comes in that chemicals hit their body and they're like okay it's time to make babies it's time to find a female and if you have a parrot who can't find a female you kind of become their their person like they're they're they want to be around you but they hate you they want to be happy but you aren't engaging with them so like you don't want a parrot to be um i don't know what the correct word is you don't want a parrot to be sexually aroused by you um right. so when they start to get into that mood and you can tell because they'll start squawking they'll start like getting really hyper and dance you take them off of you and you put them on their cage so that you let them know like hey i'm not here for that i'm here to take care of you and you need to you need to understand that i'm not your mate um and they can get vengeful about that they can be upset about that because for the rest of the year you spend all your time with them and you're playing with them and you're giving them food and stuff so they can have problems with that um and they're just they're they're ready to have babies um and females will start laying uh eggs they'll start dropping eggs and males will start wanting to fertilize them so if that's not happening it's kind of like uh it feels weird to them and they they try to find ways to 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 deal with it sure sure yeah i mean so so basically is it is it possible for like a blind person like i mean obviously it's hard to express on a like you don't you can't really tell but in general do you think it's even possible for someone like a blind person to learn to be able to sort of trim the nails and 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 be like a, a little bit to kind of keep oh, it yeah. maintained or keep it under control yeah i think so i mean um i've done it i've done it I've, I've, at least his nails um i i typically I, even sighted people won't trim the beak um unless they're unless they've had training from a vet or they've had the bird comfortable with it um, but i've done his nails before the, the thing with the nails is it's it's like any other nail trim of like a dog or a cat you have to make sure you don't hit the quick and you don't want them to bleed because when birds bleed they bleed fast and they bleed a lot and birds are small so you don't want them bleeding out so you have to always have um, quick stop powder, uh, which is a, you can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it at most first uh, pharmacies and stuff. It's like a powder that you put on the wound to stop the bleeding and it has anti uh, antiseptic in it, but um, it, it, it's, it hurts the bird. Like it stings the bird, much like alcohol stings our wounds. Um, so you can also use uh, cornstarch, uh, which will stop the bleeding. And I typically will go for that first just because it's a little easier on the bird. It's not hurting them. And it tends to work a little better. Um, but if it's a severe wound or there's a lot of bleeding and the corn starch isn't cutting it, then I'll break out the quick stop powder. Um, and that's, you know, it's not just nail, nail trims that you use that. Um, so uh, I'll get to that in a second. But the nail trimming thing is definitely doable if you have someone who knows how to tr trim nails, help like teach you. Um, like 
ask a vet, like ask a vet or ask a parrot owner to help teach you how to trim a parrot's nails. Um, and if you want to try the beak, go for it. But just know that when you mess with the parrot's beak, they aren't going to like it. And you're going to be seen as the bad guy for a little bit. And you have to kind of win them back over. Um, and the other big medical issue with parrots, as far as like keeping them healthy, is when when they're home, when they're hormonal and they're or just in general, parrots lose their feathers um, and they replace them because uh, they have quite a lot of uh, parrots don't get a lot of exercise in captivity. And so they have a lot of energy and their body gets rid of that energy by having them molt, which means they lose their feathers and they get new ones coming in and their beaks will like uh, grow out and trim, like naturally trim down. And so when a parrot gets new feathers in, there's a thing called blood feathers and parrots, uh, new feathers are wrapped in like uh, creatine, which is kind of like what your fingernails are made of, but it's really thin and the new feather has a blood supply going to it to help it grow. And that protective creatine sheath keeps the feather protected. But parrots, when they're playing or if there's other parrots around, they'll, you know, grooming each other, they might actually break one or, um, you know, have a problem with it. And then they start bleeding out and you have to like take a pair of tweezers and you have to pull that blood feather out. And then you have to add, um, you have to do the quick stop powder or the cornstarch to stop the bleeding. And I've dealt with that a couple of times and it can be a little difficult um, as a blind person to try to make sure that you're getting the right feather. Uh, it's very important not to panic because your mind's like, oh crap, this bird's bleeding. I got to get it stopped. But you also have to make sure that you're pulling the right feather. Um, and you have to, I always recommend that you guys, if you're going to have tweezers, you got to get forceps so that when you have the feather in between the tongs, it locks and makes a good grip on the feather because it can be pretty difficult to pull out. Um, and the bird's not going to want you to pull it on it and it's not going to want you touching it, but uh, they have no other option because you have to get that feather out and the bleeding stopped because um, the pin feather, when it breaks or when the blood feather breaks, it's just like a little hypodermic or it's like a little tube that goes into their body that's just spraying blood. So, you know, that's one of the other things that blind or not, people don't know that parrot owners, people that get parrots aren't aware of that. And then it happens and they start freaking out and they don't have the supplies on hand to deal with it. And so, they either have to try to rush it to a, a exotic vet, which are hard to find if you're not familiar with where they are, and or you have to try to take care of it at home. So if you're going to get a parrot, please buy all the first aid stuff for a parrot before you get a parrot. And uh, basically, you just want a good pair of tweezers or forceps. Um, you want some quick stop powder. You want some cornstarch. You want some heat packs to help keep them warm. Uh, and you want like... Uh, uh, antiseptic. I can't remember the name of the parrot friendly antiseptic, but there's a few out there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really, really good information. I mean, you know, a lot of this, um, I know just already just from my interest yeah. researching it for 15 years, but I really appreciate you, you know, repeating it again and, and reminding me of it because there are so many people, Zachary, and you already know this, there are so many people who get parrots without doing the research, which I asked one time that I was at the sanctuary, not the Parrot Mountain place, the other place, is I asked, you know, wouldn't, so wouldn't someone be afraid to like get a parrot without doing the research? Wouldn't you be afraid of it? You know, like that, like how, I don't know, do you have any, any idea how someone could possibly get a parrot without doing research? I mean, um, 
the the comical answer to me is people have children without doing research so it doesn't surprise me like in this in this day and age yeah in this day and age in a sense it shouldn't surprise you but i mean i i meant it from a philosophical standpoint yeah yeah. like how can you possibly make that choice without knowing anything that doesn't make sense it's definitely it's it's a one that baffles me like if you're gonna bring a life like a, a soul into your home or uh into your life you, you definitely should understand what it needs and how to take care of it just like you'd want someone to do for you and you know that's when i one of the primary things that i do when i do when i deal with any um individual whether it be a human or an animal i i put myself in their position like what would i want done if i was just in this position that they're in would i want someone to tell me what's going on what i talk see i talk to oreo like he's an adult Right. Uh, I, I talk to him like he understands me because I, you know, over the years, I found out he kind of does understand me. Like I said, he understands words that I say. He can't repeat them back to me, but his species isn't a big talking species. So, but he understands like when I say shower or he's, he's built up the associations over the years and he definitely knows the word Nutriberry, which is one of his favorite treats. He knows apples and carrots and he knows like these different words that affect his life. Um, and he knows the word vet and so he uh he definitely and like when i when he sees his backpack he knows that he's going to go outside for a walk or that he's going to go upstairs and get to see the the big puppies and uh he knows that his backpack means that he gets to go do stuff so they're very intelligent birds um there's a bird in new zealand a parrot in new zealand that's very intelligent they're like one of the smartest parrots in the world and they're protected and the problem with that is they destroy everyone's houses and cars and they rip stuff apart and the New Zealanders can't do anything about it because they're a protected species because they were endangered for quite a while. And so these parrots just have full control (laughs) over their environment there. And it's hilarious because you get New Zealanders complaining about it because like the bird will come over and rip all the roof tiles off or pull out all the the plants in their garden and there's nothing they can do. (laughs) So parrots are intelligent little mischievous little, you know, characters yeah yeah also from a blindness perspective so i i already know that they're destructive but how much how much damage is is done to to property when you own when you have a parrot as a whole what do you think um so i've had four parrots in my lifetime um i've had a quaker parrot a red lord amazon and then i've had two goffins um yeah um unfortunately the two goffins uh were killed by a dog which i wasn't there for that um you know i'll go to that in just a second because that's another important thing to talk about but um uh the goffins were the most destructive um they could get out of their their cage like they were they were like lock pickers like we had to literally padlock and chain their cages shut to keep them safe because any other any like bread ties zip ties like like um carabiners anything like that they would they could get open um and i think if you could hand them a pair of lock picks they'd understand how to open up a lock so uh they they would get out and they would go to the like my dad had guitar amps they chewed up his guitar amps um we lived in a log cabin and um they chewed up all like the ends of the logs um they they you know a, a free parrot with no supervision is a parrot that's going to get into trouble or it's going to cause some some property damage i'm very fortunate with oreo and the fact that he doesn't i don't know if that's because he's lazy and he doesn't want to walk around the house and do stuff 
or if he's just like over the years learned that it's not going to be beneficial for him. The only thing that he really chews on is his toys and my finger and my gauges, my ear, my piercings, and then my necklace. The rest of it, he doesn't try to chew on the walls. Um, he'll occasionally chew on my clothes and rip them up, but that's my fault because I leave them near him. <laughs> so uh, parents need supervision. You know, they need to be, uh, you know, well looked after. I've had friends who, or I'm in parent groups on Facebook and I've had friends and stuff and they go, they'll write a post or they'll call me and like, you never guess what my parent did. And I'm like, oh, I bet I can guess. I can guess. <laughs> and they're like, they chewed up all the baseboards in my house or they, <laughs> they like ripped into the wall and pulled the wiring out or they like um, went into my bathroom and like peeled all the grout out from beneath, from the tiles. And I was like, and where were you? that takes a while <laughs> like yeah. i was busy i'm like yeah that's your problem you were busy yeah, that's, you exactly, paying attention that's to the exactly the answer you weren't paying and this other that's exactly what i would ask nothing's wrong with the bird what's wrong with you what what do you what you live in your house and allow a bird to destroy it? what's wrong with you is what i would have asked yeah. that's we it's weird though because people will call these other sanctuaries and they're say and they'll say something's wrong with my bird and they the sanctuary says what and they say my bird is chirping and making noise yeah like you know if if that's what's wrong with your bird then you shouldn't have a then the person shouldn't have a bird right so well, and th- that's pretty common yeah mm-hmm. uh, the, before you get a bird you know if you can't handle a screaming kid for four to eight hours a day don't get a parrot mm-hmm. because like clockwork they will start making noise when the sun's up or when they're like so oreo's light is on a schedule so he um he has a full spectrum sunlight in his room well my room we share a room um and that turns on at nine in the morning and i don't get to sleep in because as soon as it turns on he's like hey i want to be up i'm ready to go there's food there's there's water that you need to get me i want fresh water i want my nutriberry i want your attention and if i don't give it to him it's it's obnoxious he starts whistling and he's real pretty and cute and then he starts getting louder and louder and squawking and yelling and throwing a parrot tantrum and they're loud like people my neighbors can hear him uh can hear him um from across the road so like a parrot can be super loud so if you can't handle loud noises don't get a parrot um if you can't handle something throwing a fit because you're not giving it attention don't get a parrot also don't get a kid uh you know like they're very much like a child right right yeah yeah so i mean like just to kind of show all of the information, I guess. I mean, it's hard to say, but I mean, I am someone who is not phased by those types of things. So then does that mean, I guess what I'm trying to understand intellectually is like, is is it ever possible to find a, a parrot that like does, you know, English doesn't really solve the, solve the equation because they they're wild animals, but are there any parrots where you've seen it where it kind of is right and they kind of, it kind of does work to get like it's good you know have you seen any that are kind of appropriate it's not the word but i think you know what i mean right yeah i mean like it's it, it goes to how much time you're willing to put into understanding the parrot's behavior and how you're much time you're putting into to interacting with the parrot to give them to get them on a good like uh spectrum of behavior um y- you can you can learn to accommodate the parrot and the parrot can learn to accommodate you. It's just, you have to make compromises and you both have to be able to adjust to each other's schedules and to do different things. Um, there are some species that are a little quieter than others. 
um, African gray uh, African African gray parrots talk way more. Um, they actually say more words. They do more mimicry. Um, Oreo species, Red Lord Amazons, are a lot louder, but they have less vocabulary when it comes to yeah. vocalizations. Um, they're a lot more screamy and screechy. Whereas that's, an African that's the thing. Gray, I mean, like noisy, noisy and loud. You know, listeners should know that noisy and loud are two different things yeah noisy is the chortling which can be quite soft or loud yeah but yeah. loud is just the amazon screams i mean oh yeah just i mean i mean i i don't need to tell you this but in, in all honesty you have by far one of the loudest species in the entire thing i mean yeah nothing yeah. apart from a jende conure almost nothing could be louder than an amazon I mean, that's, sure. as, that's as loud as it gets. But then again, funny, funny story too. My, my brother's girlfriend has, has a bird, has a son, Conyer. And when yeah. my brother goes over to her house, well, they, they had to, they had to rehome the bird, but they almost rehomed it to us, but my parents said no or, or some such story. But when he went over to her house and she had the Conyer, the Conyer would screech, like we'd do that, like piercing, yeah. like chirp, like so, it would be so loud that my brother, almost, he said it was so loud. I almost passed out. He said, it's just some that that's a really fair thing to say is that some of these loud or or noise the loudness can be really really piercing for some yeah. of the birds but then others i mean have you had any luck or have you had any experience with um so i guess my i'm, I'm not going to say on the recording my dream parrot because that's not really that's not really professional that's not really fair but kind of the parrots that like hold my interest the most would be cape parrots uh poicephalus sannies um, pigeons, although they aren't parrots, but I mean, um, you know, poicephalus. What do you yeah. think about those, those, those species in general? I mean, what's your? I mean, have you? What, what do you think? I've had not much an engagement with them from a personal and uh, from a personal standpoint. Um, for me, you know, I, I try not to generalize species too much. Yeah, uh, just because because like a parrot on an individual level will tell to take all that expectation expectation and throw it out the window um but it's you know if you if a if a species of parrot sounds ideal for what you're looking for you know try to find someone who has one or go to a sanctuary and hang hang out with them you know sanctuaries and rescues are uh you know i'll just throw this out there they're always looking for volunteers and they're always looking for free labor and that's always a good way to find like a good way to engage with a parrot to get to really know kind of if they're what you're looking for um uh for me i'm trying to think if i've ever dealt with the species that you mentioned because for me I've, I've mainly dealt with macaws uh red lords um uh um cockatoos cockatoos are so cockatoos are one of the other louder like loud oh species yeah. they're so loud um but they're adorable they're, they're massively adorable when they're when they're babies their beaks are like two times the size of their head and all they want is food and when they want food they will take your finger and like try to swallow it to get food from you um because that's how they get food from their parents their parents will like vomit in their mouth so glad we don't do that right Right, right. No, I, I was just wondering because some some species are known to be more quiet than others. Um, yeah. Of course, you have. It, it's also hard. I, I can understand too, philosophically, it would be hard for you to believe that a parrot could be quiet because you have the loudest one. 
So yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to you if I say a pilonus I mean, is going to be quiet. Yeah, my my golfins were fairly quiet on the on the quieter side. They like they were noisy, but they weren't loud. Like you were saying, like they would do constant chatter, but it wasn't like they like they would just sit in a room and like murmur to each other. Like it, it wasn't like it, they were just constantly making noise. Um, my grandparents have had cockatiels, which aren't parrots, but in my opinion, they might specify, I think they might, I'm not sure if they're classified as parrots, but the, their tail pattern isn't the typical parrot pale ta- the tail pattern. Um, but cockatiels are very quiet a lot of the time. Um, they have a couple of day, th- times throughout the day where they'll get really loud, but for the most part, for the most part, they'll just sit and observe people and be fairly quiet compared to like Oreo. Um, but again, it, from a, like I said, from an individual parent perspective, it's, it's kind of the, if they're, what environment they're brought up in. Oreo was raised in a very loud environment. There was like six kids running around the house. Oh, wow. There was like dogs. There was people yelling. My family is a very loud family. Well, so, that explains, that explains, that explains half of it. And then, then yeah, the other half is Oreo sure. parent. Yeah. It's because yeah. they will compete. They love competing for attention. Right. And if you, let, let me, let me paint, let me paint a little bit more about what's, sure, yeah. what's, what i said sure yeah go for it oh oh for some reason i thought i thought you were talking to the bird but for some no, reason no, i no. heard i heard or- oreo okay so my, what's what's really going on in my well i i was honest the whole time but my situation is that in a couple of years i'm going to be moving into sort of a condo you know kind of an yeah. apartment setting so um obviously i would want one of the calmer smaller calmer species but not a cockatiel yeah. because this cockatiels yeah. are too like hyper and too um too kind of too fragile you know i'm more yeah. of a cape um cape parrots are one of my favorites that's what i held it when i went to parrot mountain i held a cape um really they're really really incredible um they just it doesn't really make noise it just sort of sits there and softly chirps and just sort of yep. observes you know but oh but, but what i was going to say is so i mean i do work all day as, as a teacher you know i do talk like this on my teaching job and podcast but I'm not really a noisy, wild guy, you know? So in other words, would a bird like pick up on my calmness to some extent and be a little bit calmer if, if the environment was calm or is that not, not true at all? What do you think? Um, again, you know, I, I think for the most part, they'll, they like what you put it to them, they'll reflect back to you. Um, unless they're truly like wanting your attention, you know, if you're, if you're constantly spending time with a bird and you're hanging out with them, like, let's say that you're home after work or whatever, and you're just kicked back, relaxing, they'll kick back and relax with you. Um, you know, Oreo's pretty quiet right now, uh, which is interesting, um, which he's probably doing something he's not supposed to do, but, um, uh, he's kicked back right now. He's being pretty quiet. Cause I'm, I'm not yelling. I'm, you know, speaking into a microphone. So I'm being fairly quiet and, uh, the TV is off because I don't want background noise or and that's the thing you know like I can put on a tv show for him like he has his own like ipad that he gets to watch and um he has a big screen tv that he gets to watch um so I'll like put on something for him and he'll just kick back and relax and enjoy it and um if like my roommate comes in and we get into like a I don't want to say an argument sounds like we're yelling at each other but if we get into like a political debate or something you know (laughs) and he'll pick up on that energy and he'll start getting louder and he's like okay you guys are being loud I'm going to be louder than both of you and tell you you're both wrong and why my opinion matters right and And he does that and it's also a lot about the being the alpha too birds understand the alpha male and who's Mm -hmm. the the seniority and the hierarchy for sure For sure. And he's definitely alpha. So I think your your opinion is is similar to my 
researched yet uninformed opinion, which is that a lot of how the bird will act is based on the fact that they're a bird, but also they would imitate the environment that, that they're in, yeah. the, the, the energy, the, the energy and the aura of the environment. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, do birds pick up on it when you're like calm? Do they, I guess what I'm trying to dig at is like, do they, do they imprint the calm behavior back? Do they, do they respect the calm behavior? That's kind of what I would yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like if I'm sad, Oreo will, will like start grooming me. He'll like play with my beard. Mm-hmm. Um, normally I have like a pretty gnarly Viking beard. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So he'll like groom it. He'll like pick through it. And if I'm sad, he'll kind of like do things that he knows that make me happier, smile at him or like play with him. If uh, we're just kicked back, chilling and I'm in a good mood, he's in a good mood, you know, he'll kind of like laugh. Um, and what's funny is like, I'll watch stand-up comedy. I love stand-up comedy. And so like, um he'll actually start laughing along with the audience yeah so he he can tell like he can tell my energy um or he can like see someone on tv and kind of pick up on their energy i had to be careful because when i started showing him animal plant and stuff <laughs> uh he started picking up on some of the the like the energy on the animal planet and uh he would get super rambunctious and i was like okay all right buddy and i had to like calm him down but uh you know he if I'm mad, if I'm mad towards him, he definitely gets mad towards me. But if I'm mad at somebody else, he's, he gets very comforting. Like he's like, oh, you're upset. I'm going to be adorable and I'm going to get you to focus on me. And so I'm going to take your energy and turn it back to me so that I get pet, but you also get to mellow out and calm down. And um, yeah. so, so a lot of it's, a lot of it's about the energy level and, and the way sure. you're acting for sure. So they're, they're little reflectors. Yeah, yeah, to some extent. And then they're also wild animals to the other. Yeah. So it, it, yeah. it just depends. I'd yeah. say as long as you have the baseline things taken care of, like food and you're giving them attention, mm-hmm. I think you can kind of keep their their behavior somewhat maintained. I don't want to say all the time, but for sure, like a good maybe 60, 70% of the time, you can keep their behavior at an at an acceptable level as far as like their their anger or their loudness. Right, right. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So yeah, that's, that's the other thing too. I mean, feeding, I mean, like, how do you know from a blindness perspective, what the right amount is? Um, You know, you know, do you use the Harrison's pellets? I'm just curious, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research about this. So what, what do you do for his balanced diet? Um, So I asked the vet. So one thing, when I got him back from my dad's, one thing we did was we did a blood panel. And we, we ascertain his baseline. I'm like, okay, he's got all the good vitamins. His, his diet's pretty good. So me and the vet sat down and she's like, okay, parrots in general need like 50 to 60% pellet diet. Um, they need like, what is it? 30% vegetable, like 5% fruit and then 5% other stuff. So like a little bit of seed, um, whatever. But a lot of the mistake that a lot of people make, which I like to always talk about is, People will think that parrots need a lot of seed in their diet. And that's no. like, there should be their primary thing. That'll and that's get, one of the fastest fatty ways. Liver, fatty liver yep. disease. It's one of the fastest ways to kill your parrot. Um, so you, you want to do a, a, a pellet diet and you want to do the vegetables. So uh, typically a common term for vegetables and, and parrot diet is called chop. And it's also called rainbow salad because it has all the colors of vegetables in it. You, you want your browns, your greens, your yellows. 
um, you want all the different vegetables because each of those vegetables has um, essential nutrients and vitamins that a parrot wants and needs. Um, sometimes a parrot may not eat it, but you have to offer it and keep in giving them incentive to eat it. Oreo loves vegetables. He, uh, he loves apples. He loves carrots. Like I said earlier, um, he loves lettuce and uh, 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 sugar peas, which he can't have a lot of, but he loves them. He gets a little bit of corn every once in a while. And there's certain things that parrots can't have. Parrots can't have onions. Uh, they can't have uh, avocado. Yeah, so I was trying to get a word. Um, they can't have chocolate, of course. They can't have alcohol. They can't have a lot of salts. And um, like you have to be careful with things that have pits in them because the pits have cyanide. So you have to make sure it's all de-pitted and and that's, that. I was thinking of that. That's why in my imagination, I was always thinking if I ever had a parrot, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't give it apple or, or anything that had a pit because I would always be afraid that it has a tiny piece of the pit that I couldn't yeah. see. I would be too afraid to give a parrot an apple. So um, there's a apple. way to cut it so they don't get the seed. Um, I, I use a really like precise method of cutting an apple. So, and then like um, you can feel uh, you can kind of feel along the inner edge where you cut away from the core to make sure that there's no core there. But I always, um, I always like cut, I'm trying to explain it. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. I cut them into like sections. I'll cut the apple in half and then I'll cut those in like quarters and then um, like long way. So it's like a slice, like an apple slice from like the little bags that you get from like McDonald's or whatever. And then um, I'll actually trim that inner piece um, really far out towards the edge so that there's no chance there's a piece of core in there with a seed in it. And then I'll peel it and then um, I'll chop that into like three smaller pieces and I'll give it to him. And he's, uh, I've been, and then um, I'll actually, when I core the, I'll core the apple. And when I look at the core, I'll feel the core to make sure that there's no like little pockets where seeds could have fallen out. Um, and you can feel like little like hard bits of the core to make sure that it's all there it's just it takes practice and time and you can also buy the uh, apple slices too and they those have a really good um uh, like ability to keep the seeds out of them as you just going to the to the market and buying slight a bag of pre-sized um, yeah. apples and things like that yeah yeah. So is it ever possible to like buy like kind of a pre-made chop or like, like a mix, a mix of these things? Um, um, I know people sell like dehydrated versions of them. Um, what, what I do is I'll go buy like a bag of like a salad mix. And that's got, that's got the basic start. Um, and then I'll get like two different kinds. So like one has like romaine lettuce, um, like cauliflower, stuff like that in it. And then I'll get another one that has like different other vegetables into it. Um, and then I will mix those together and then I'll add what's missing. Um, and then like, I'll also get, um, I'll feed them like some steamed vegetables sometimes. So like I can get the mixed bags of steamed vegetables and cook those up because I'll use those for my rice for my meals. And then I'll give him a little, cup of that like a small amount not a cup like a smaller amount than that but he'll get some of those um and then i just have a shopping list of like what he needs to be in his in his vegetable or in his vegetable diet so i'll make sure to get all that and then i i'll i look for as much as possible that's already made or mixed and then i'll like i said i'll add what's missing 
and then the the pellets so then does he have like a, a bowl or like uh how, how does he eat the pellets oh so the so um harrison's is a good brand uh i but me and my vet decided on rowdy bush which is another good brand mm-hmm. um uh, and uh so that Oreo has is very self-controlled when it comes to his pellets so I can just put a big bowl of pellets off for him and he will eat like very like he eats throughout the day but it's like uh it's a very small amount you know they're they're pretty small birds um and he I've never seen him gorge like he doesn't just sit there and eat at the bowl all day um and he's a little overweight but that's not because of his pellets that's because of the NutriBerry um so we got to cut back on that a little bit (laughs) unfortunately i've kind of been spoiling him a little bit because he's been dealing with some of his pain issues so wanted to make him a little a little happier about medicine so got to scale back on the nutriberry a little bit um uh and the pellets i I, I don't exactly remember what number the vet gave me for how much he's supposed to get a day but i just gave him like uh i give him like a scoop every two days or so and then he he lets me know when he wants more. So basically, he kind of goes back and forth, eating the chop and then eating the pellets or other things, yeah. rotating rotating around, kind of like yeah. That. And I don't leave the chop in his cage, like because um, it goes bad pretty quickly. So like I'll make up some chop. I, I make the chop in bulk and I free, like put it in the fridge, or sometimes you can freeze it depending on what's in it. And then I'll pull some out and let it thaw, or I'll pull a little bit out of the fridge and give it to him, and he'll eat it. And then sometimes I'll just give him like uh, like a uh, like individual pieces at a time, like a little bit of carrot or a little bit of um, greenery or whatever. If I'm eating like if I if I'm eating something that has it in it, I'll be like, here, buddy, here's a little bit of of like vegetable or a little bit. He he uh, he gets every once in a while. I'll give him a little bit of meat um, for a little bit of protein, and I, I double check with his vet and. To make sure that was cool and he can have some chicken as long as it's not super salty or seasoned so he tends to enjoy that as a special occasional treat right yeah yeah definitely and i'm um, having nothing to do with the with the well actually my next question is so you have been saying a lot on facebook um that you want to uh, your goal your dream is to open up some sort of a sanctuary yourself yeah right? yeah um i like I said earlier, parrots get rehomed a lot, like a lot. Um, and disabled parrots get rehomed way more. Uh, people don't always expect to take care of a disabled parrot. And a, like like a disability with a human, a par- disability can come on with a parrot later in life. Um, so I would love to open up a parrot sanctuary um, to give parrots a respite, a place f- away, f- you know, a place that they can call home for good or if a right person comes along who can offer the right care, maybe rehome them. Like I, I want to offer forever ever home, but I also want to offer like true people who want to adopt a parent who have the right uh, uh, like lifestyle to, to let them have the joy of saving and rescuing a parrot. Um, so it's kind of like a rescue sanctuary type thing. And I haven't quite worked how that's going to work out yet, but um, definitely for sure. want to give a place for parrots to come and, have a home and get the medical care and the love and the skilled training that they are the skilled um uh care that they need and uh there are quite a few out there 
but I've never ha haven't seen very many devoted to focusing just on disabled parrots. It's just parrots in general. And so the the uh, idea there is to get the parrot rescue started and then via so my TikTok following has exploded. I just reached 20,000 followers on TikTok yesterday. And so I'm trying to get them all on board on helping me get the company set up to start it into a nonprofit so we can set the sanctuary up. And once we do that, I can get sponsored and get uh, a vet on board to help take care of any parrots. Um, but the first step after we get the business side of things set up is to get funding for a place and to get some volunteers to come in. So I kind of want to wait until the pandemic melts out a little bit so we're not having to deal with all the possible spread of COVID, but um, that mm -hmm. in the meantime, I can work right. the business side of things, getting the paperwork for a lot of good. I also want to use it as a way to educate. So like, I want to have a vet come in and talk about exotics from a vet perspective, or I want to do like weekly workshops that people can like i don't know subscribe to on youtube or watch it on a live stream you could hear individual parrots stories and like what disability they have and how their disability affects them and what looking what taking care of them looks like and turn it kind of into an educational um uh training situation sure 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 well, I, uh, I'm going to obviously put this podcast out on my channel, on my YouTube channel. And I definitely, Perfect. I definitely support that idea. Um, I think it's great. I think luckily you can say to me, and it's been told to me before, luckily I don't have a parrot and that's philosophically speaking, that's a good thing. Um, but I still support it. And I still, I still, to some degree, I still in my own way want one and hope that I'll have one at some point in my life, maybe. Um, but I think I think overall what you're doing to to have, give disabled parrots, you know, a forever home um, is something that our society really needs. And this problem yeah. is very, very, very severe. So, I mean, you know, seriously, I mean, if there's anything I could do, if there's really anything I could do to help, especially after you got, you know, your 501c3 um, and really got started, you know, let me know. But I am. Um, thank you for expanding my education on parrots. I really appreciated learning from you. And I really appreciate, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I know you're very busy with Oreo and everything in life. And it's hard. We had to email back and forth a lot, but I'm yeah. really, I'm in no problem about that. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that we were able to have the conversation. And it most definitely helped me. And I, I also hope that it helps the listeners. So I always like to say at the end of every episode, um, if you can ask me only one question to make me really sweat to, you know, see if I'm really worth my salt as a podcaster, what do you want to know? Um, well, this is on the spot. Uh, that's fine. Well, actually I'm a little curious. I, this might not be what you're looking for, but what do you teach? You said you're a teacher. Oh, sure. Sure. I teach English as a second language and I work, I, so I work from home and I work online. So that was one oh, nice. of the ideas why I thought, why I think in my life a parent would be, kind of that lifestyle of like, I, I don't work in an office. So I kind of work from home, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, what, and, and what, and what about you, by the way? Uh, like, what do I do Yeah, for a job? Uh, I'm unemployed as far as I goes. Like I'm, I run my, I, I'm working on a startup company for my, uh, I have a company called Intrinsic Usability, which I started out of college. 
which because we're developing an app called Reference Point Navigation. And it's a navigation app for those who are visually impaired to provide oh. more of a comprehensive travel capability. So like um, it would right. give you directions like go three doors excellent. down, make a left. Excellent, excellent. I think I think at some point you're gonna have to come back for a second installment yeah, of course. Because, because I think that I think that you're doing a lot. Um uh, yeah, I just want to. I just want to thank you. I do want to end the recording here, not to sure, yeah. bore, bore the listeners because listeners only listen for about an hour. We've actually been for talking sure. for longer than that. Um, say, say, thank you so much. Um, well, you know, thanks so for let, having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Here, let's end it. Let's end it right here. Great, great episode, Zachary. Thank you no, so thank much. You. You've been listening to Parrots. Everything I wanted to know right here on Life Improvement Radio or wherever you get a podcast or even on YouTube. Zachary, you did a great job educating me and educating our listeners about the situation and reality of owning parrots, and I really appreciate it. And I wish you and Oreo the very best of luck, of course. And I also would like you to come back to Aaron's opinion anytime you like to talk about your company and to talk about the IT projects that you're working on because that's also very interesting. And of course, we can also talk about parents. I just, you know, I just have to throw that in there. Telephone number 1240-681-9869, Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. I wish you all the very best of luck from all, all corners of the globe, as we say. We do have listeners on all of the continents now, so I'm forever grateful for that. And thank you to the Helium Radio Network for syndicating Aaron's Opinion. All right. So there you go. Now you know everything about parrots. Um, anyway, great episode today. As I like to say here at Aaron's Opinion, help one person today, help one million people tomorrow. Aaron Richmond, Aaron's Opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. 